H.W.L. Punja, who many, many people came to visit, went to visit in India. And he, uh, he had this incredible capacity to, uh, to point people to the, the awake nature of their minds to, uh, to not seek outside of oneself for relief. And so he was, he would meet with us and answer our questions. And finally people, uh, he was asked, what should I tell all those people back at home, back in the States who want so desperately to hear your teachings? And everyone sitting around him was waiting with bated breath. What, uh, what's, the, what's the secret teachings that you're going to share with everybody back in the States? And he looked into the camera and he got this very impish grin on his face. And he said, stay where you are. And so this stay at home stay where you are. It's the same thing. It has multiple levels of meaning. One of the meanings is to stay home, literally. But the deeper meaning is to, is to know that your home, your true home, is right where you're sitting. Stay where you are. Don't let your mind go out of yourself in search that you have all the freedom that you need within the very nature of your mind. So with that in mind, I, I thought tonight that since there is increasingly a sense of feeling confined, especially when you think about the upcoming months of, of stay at home and shelter in place and all these words that we've never had before, I thought that we would do a remind ourselves that we are not, um, even though we may be limited in our, in our physical space, our mind is not limited at all. It is free as a bird. It has all the height in the world, all the depth. It is, it is, um, it's really vast and open like a clear, empty sky. So, Tonight, I want to just um, share a, a practice that I've done a lot, and probably many of you have done it with me. And so it'll be, it's sometimes called Big Mind, sometimes it's called the Sky Like Nature of the Mind. And so let's just sit together. Just have to find my gong. So ideally, you'll stop looking at me, and the direction of our practice tonight is to look within the nature of your own mind. But in order to establish that sense of settledness, the sense of being at home right where you are, it's helpful if you close your eyes. And just orient your attention to not the idea of your body sitting on the cushion or the chair, but the 
the felt experience. Feeling your rear, feeling your hands, feeling your eyelids, your lips, feeling the tips of your toes and the tips of your fingers. Just feeling the contours of the, of the shape of the physical body. It's really felt like sensations when the idea of your body melts away and there's just that feeling of aliveness, vibration, pulsing. Once you've established that greater sensitivity to your sitting body, just sense that your spine is slightly elongated. And then let your body go completely. Let it be just as it is, as though everything that has ever happened in the past or everything that is to be just drops to the floor. And just feel the gentle stillness of your sitting body. And tonight, rather than direct your attention to the movements of the breath in your body as your home base or primary anchor, tonight I would like you to imagine or sense or feel your mind to be like a clear, empty sky without limits. And begin by being aware of the sounds, the sounds in your room, the sound of my voice, The sound of silence. Let all the sounds, loud and soft, rise and fade without naming them or judging them, simply hearing.
Sounds come and go. The nature of mind is like space. Sounds arise in that space and they fade away. Make no effort to hear the sounds. Let the sounds arise and let listening happen by itself. Sounds. clear, open, welcoming, sky-like nature of the mind. Again, become aware of physical sensations. Experience directly like points of feeling stars flickering in an evening sky. Again, in our immediate, in our immediate and direct perception, there's no head, no shoulders, no hands, no front, no back. Just points of sensation, flickering like stars in the sky.
Sounds and sensations. There is no inside, no outside, only these appearances rising, flickering, changing. In this vast, open, welcoming, impartial, sky-like nature of the mind. It's home. Stay at home, rest and the sky-like nature of the mind. Keep the mind perfectly still. Allowing the sounds and the sensations to rise and fade in the open stillness of mind. There is no head, no shoulders, no arms or legs, no front, no back. Just points of sensation flickering like stars in a vast evening sky.
the nature of mind remaining perfectly still, not the slightest movement toward or away from any experience. The mind essence is motionless. balanced, non-contentious, clear, welcoming, sky-like nature of the mind. Be aware of thoughts and images. Like clouds floating through this immovable sky. Thoughts like clouds have no roots, no home. Sometimes described as like a footprint of a bird in emptiness. Empty, insubstantial vaporous, rising and fading, making no impact on the sky-like nature of the mind. Keep the mind soft and steady, perfectly still, no reaching for, 
or pushing away any experience, allowing the sounds Allowing the sounds, sensations, thoughts and images arise and fade by themselves. That vast, immovable, impartial, welcoming, sky-like nature of the mind. It's home. Be aware. Be at home. Resting in this mind essence, clear, open, there's no inside, there's no outside, just these appearances, experiences, rising, changing. making no impact. This vast open field of choiceless love. Sky-like nature of the mind, it's home. Get to know the nature of the mind. Look within the nature of the mind. It's self-knowing, so you can look. It's clear. Invisible, like empty space.
Look within your own mind. Clear, empty, not made of anything. Shining, yet black. including all experience, but never limited by it, free. Silent, peaceful, rest in the sky-like nature of the mind. Rest in this natural, great peace. Rest your weary thinking mind in this vast openness. There is no solid body, no head, no shoulders, no arms or legs, no front, no back, just points of sensation, flickering like stars in the sky. inside, no outside, remaining still, be the stillness. this natural great peace.
look within the nature of the mind. Clear, open, welcoming. non-reactive, free, be free. Rest in the sky-like nature of the mind, it's home.
sounds, sensations, thoughts and images, rising, changing, free to be in this vast openness of mind, rest in the sky-like nature of the mind, rest in natural great peace. Be peace, be free. Next gong will mark the end of the sitting. Rest in the open stillness of mind. was elegant. Well, there is a common sense that many of us carry around in our lives that we don't have enough space. And especially if you're feeling confined, those of you who are been given much more official stay-at-home messages. Just remember, and that's what this teaching points to, is that there is always space. The space of our mind has no limits. It's, it's free. And just a matter of referring to that sky-like openness. It's also, I find useful to remember that the, the mind is sky-like in its openness, but it's not the sky. Sky is really not even the sky. The sky is just this name that we call this vast openness. But I, I'm just continually reminded that my mind is sky-like in its openness, but it's also just completely 100% uh, juicy. It's, um, it's filled with uh, awareness, which is an amazing thing in and of itself, knowing, cognizance. But it also expresses itself as all of the, the caring that is, that is being shared right now, much more deeply because of the 
increased sense of openness and because we know ourselves to be one family of humanity. And that, that hard expression of the nature of mind is love, it's compassion, it's joy, it's equanimity, it's uh, clarity, it's, uh, it's intelligence. And when our mind is more open, those qualities just flow so beautifully. And every one of us has as our nature, uh, the capacity to radiate all of those heart qualities, all of that intelligence. So what, a, what more could you ever want to have within the nature of your own heart that's, other than this consciousness with all its qualities. And yet, uh, this quality of, of aware presence and all the heart qualities, because we're so conditioned to be narrow in our view, contracted, obsessed with what's next, lose touch with the living present, we need to kind of remember, our practice is remembering, and we need to cultivate, need to practice as though our hair is on fire, remembering what needs to be remembered, which is the nature of our mind, that it's always with us. And don't have to travel one inch out of your home to be home. So uh, that's enough for me for right now. Thanks for coming along on this experiment of trying to do a big mind virtually. So anyway, happy to see all of you. Take, taking the liberty to go through different pages and see your different faces. And I just feel so blessed to be able to um, to know that we're all in this together. So Mary, uh, oh, actually, let me just preface this. I would like to open it up right now for for any of you to share what's going on with you. So you can talk a little story tonight. It's, you know, our your story. This is one place where our story is uh, is to be able to share our story is really curative, it's really corrective, because uh, many of us feel a little bit deprived of, of uh, contact. But I'm also open to questions, concerns, descriptions, topics, and just know that whatever you're sharing is or whatever your question is or concern, topic, uh, uh, if you give voice to it, it will likely be of some support to someone else. So don't be bashful. We still, we practice in this tradition, we practice dana in many different ways. Generosity by um, showing up, supporting each other, lifting each other as well. Confessing our delusions. That's also helpful. And uh, like that. So any questions? And Mary, wherever you are, will curate, she will call on you. And if you're open to it. Yeah. So actually, I think what might be helpful if folks who have questions or comments, if you could just mention it in the in the chat. And so that way, then uh, we can have folks queued up and then we can call on you and you unmute yourself and then go. Because otherwise, we're going to be scrolling through a lot to find a raised hand. Okay, there's a hand that just showed up. 
Hi, Howie. It's Bo. Oh, Bo, thanks for coming back this week. Of course. Where are you? I can't see you. <laughs> You're without camera again tonight. Okay. I have a photo. Yes. Do you see me? I do not. Let's see if I can go into speaker view. No photos. Uh-oh. But please, so, please feel free. I just wanted to share that for me, just through all this, so I actually have a job where I support the homeless community. So I'm really deep into what's going on and trying to protect them and finding them shelter, feeding them. And so I'm, I'm really wrapped up in this um, COVID-19. And my practice now is actually when I leave work is to not talk about it. And I, I noticed that it seems to help me to just kind of step away. Um, it seems to be like everywhere on the news, everywhere, everyone is talking about it. And I have a lot of friends who just have a lot of anxiety and also a lot of fear. And they don't, they don't meditate. They're not Buddhist like me. So I have chosen to voice to them that, you know, if they want to talk about the president or coronavirus, that, you know, they need to kind of move to someone else because I'm just not open to it kind of during my free time. And, um, and I, just, I just wanted to share that that's really helping me to just step away from it and, and just not think about it when it's just all around us. And, and to try to fill my mind with, you know, good thoughts and share with friends, you know, what I'm making my family for dinner or, you know, that I went for a hike in nature or something else. And it just seems to help me because it seems that, you know, everybody's just so has so much anxiety around this. And, and I know that everybody is doing their best to practice good protocol, but I just wanted to share that if anybody else is having, you know, the same kind of reaction that I. Whoops, something happened. Are you still there? Okay, I've got to go back to gallery view. Are you still there, Bo? We've lost Bo. Can can all of you hear me? Wave, wave your hand if you can hear me. Yeah. So um, Annalisa wanted to respond to that. Okay, Annalisa, please feel free to respond. Yes, I, I want to provide validation to Bo. Uh, as a psychologist, I do have to uh, practice uh, boundaries. And uh, also with my patient, what I am... Um, telling them that it's kind of like a metaphor. We need to take this amount of medication every day. You decide what is your, what is it, your dosage about the COVID-19? What is your dosage for, that you can handle every day? And so I, I make them laughing about it because it's kind of like, this is my limit. I need to know what are my limits about the, the drama, the emergency crisis we're going through. And there is such an amount of information that we are exposed right now because of the internet, because of the instant information that comes to us, 
that really I think it's a reflection for me in terms of what are my limits and what can I handle? And I think we need to find our own dosage. Beautiful, I love the, the idea of dosage. What is your dosage? Yes, I, I really, I think that it is the, one of the most unselfish things that we can do as human beings to guard our solitude and to make sure that we put on our own oxygen mask first, make sure we're caring for our bodies. If we need to do a, a news fast, it's absolutely trusting our intuition. All of this mindfulness that we're doing and every bit of our training is really just collecting data so that we can trust our intuition and be our own authority. And so don't let anybody tell you what you should or shouldn't do. If you need to check out, that's okay. And then, of course, you'll see the result of it. There's no, no right or wrong. So Michelle also has a comment. So Michelle, if you want to un unmute yourself. Hey, Michelle, wherever you are. Oh, there you are. Hi, Allie. Great to see you, Michelle. What a treat. It's so good to see you, too. Yeah. Okay. You have to mute more. If you could mute, mute Bo, please. Oh, yeah. Done. Okay. Please yeah. come back. So uh, I, I uh, just have to say that in this moment, I'm feeling incredibly grateful for the internet and just seeing the contrast between, you know, the overwhelm of media and information and the opportunity that we are experiencing right now to come together as a community. And my heart is so warmed by seeing all of your faces and having this opportunity to sit with one of my treasured teachers. Usually that only happens once a year in September when he comes to Arizona. So um, this is something that I'm noticing arising and it's such a blessing, but that's what I'm experiencing right now is the recognition of the blessings that are coming with this crisis and they just they appear everywhere the, the kindness and the generosity that people are showing and um just the way that we're we're being encouraged by power the powers that be to slow down and um reevaluate what's most important so I just wanted to share that all with you. And then uh, a practice that I've learned from Howie, uh, stealth loving kindness. And that's basically just sending those good wishes out to whomever you like, whenever you like. And I've actually been um, shifting that a little bit to also include when I have my thoughts, my, my fearful, worried thoughts about the people that I love and care about really about anyone when I when I find that I have those I've just been practicing recognizing them and allowing them to be there and then sending loving kindness to those people and it feels like it's just closing the loop in a really beautiful way so. thank you Michelle so great to see you and that seems like a great opportunity right now to think of our think of someone or some group the, those who are usually invisible to you, those who are um, who have had losses, those who are close to you, whoever you want to think of right now, just hold them in your heart. 
and just shower them with your with your greatest caring. And then think of all the people in your life who love you. And imagine all the people in your life who love you just holding you right now in loving kindness and caring. Just feel their blessing. Now direct a little loving kindness toward yourself, toward whatever the state of your body is, state of your heart. Don't try to fix anything right now. This is not a means to awaken. This is awakening itself, just holding yourself in love. Those of you who've heard the teachings know that the Buddha said you could scan the world in all directions and not find anyone more deserving of loving kindness than ourselves. We're vulnerable, we're sentient beings, we draw breath, we're born, we get sick, we die, we have loss, we're deserving of care. We're also lucky to have senses that can be gladdened by our amazing moment-to-moment experience. This seems like a, as a as a segue into uh, Mary. I'll make a couple, uh, few announcements, and then uh, then I'll share a few stray thoughts, and we'll call it a night. But I I thought since this feeling of metta or loving kindness is in the air, it's always a good time to read the Metta Sutta, because this is this time is what we are what we were made for. This is what a this is the Part of a yogi's. Um, this is a time for yogis to be a source of refuge and safety and love for 
for those who aren't able to accommodate what's happening and uh, you can. And this is what the Buddha says should be done right now. This is what should be done by those who are skilled in goodness and who know the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, even the politician, oh, excuse me, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upward to the skies, downward to the depths, outward and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from the dependency on sense desires, is not born again into the cycles of suffering. May it be so, may we all awaken and be of loving benefit to all. So Mary, we'll have a little short um, transition here. Mary's got an announcement and we'll um, Hopefully stretch our body for about 10 seconds and then we'll continue. Please, Mary. Okay, thanks. Um, so welcome everyone to this extended version of Mission Dharma. We have people on the on the line here from, from Arizona and Texas and, and Canada and all over. So um, welcome everyone. So, you know, just as in Buddha's days, I mean, these teachings are given, are offered freely. Um, probably in a form that he never imagined. Um, but, um, you know, so they're, they're offered freely, how he is offering his time, his wisdom, his love. Um, so if in return, if you would wish to express your, your gratitude, your appreciation, uh, we have ways that you can offer Donna. Um, there is uh, in the chat box, for those of you on Zoom, um, there is our uh, link to our PayPal account, and there's also our Venmo, which is at Mission Dharma. Um, and if you need to write a check, if you could private message me, 
in Zoom, and then I will give you I will give you my address. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, the other thing I think Howie and I were talking about the other day was one of the things that we've seen that has been so lovely in other sanghas is a sense of mutual aid, mutual support. Um, and it's rather hard to to offer when the if this the sangha is so widespread. But I think for our San Francisco folks, if there's anybody out there who is needing someone to, um, if you're older or immune compromised and need help with grocery shopping, um, we just want to make sure you're okay. So you can drop drop me a private note um, in the chat, and then we'll see if we can't get you hooked up with a younger, healthier, able-bodied person who might be able to um, help you with grocery shoppings or things like that. So we just wanna make sure everybody is, is okay and getting what they need during this time. And if we can facilitate that in some way, um, we, we will. So, thank you. Thank you, Mary. Mm -hmm. Mary is co-host and she is also president of the board of Mission Dharma and it just gives so generously. She's like a, like a field of Donna herself. And uh, that reminds me, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our usual volunteers who, who every week prepare the room at, at uh, Mission Dharma in the city and, uh, and have just given so much of themselves and they're, they're not really able to be part of this, um, at least the production part of it. And But I haven't forgotten you, and I know Mary hasn't forgotten you, our boards. We just so appreciate all the people who volunteer, and hopefully in the near future we can come together again and in real time in, in person. So anyway, thank you all, all the volunteers. So feel free for a moment just to, unless you're already settled in and quiet and don't need to alter your position any, feel free to stretch your arms. Shake it out a little bit. And maybe I'll just start in as you're settling back in. I really don't, um, I said this a couple weeks ago, but I really don't especially feel like an authority right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am making it up as I go along and I'm, I'm dealing with the same weirdness with, you know, brokenhearted for all the people who are being, uh, the hospitals and the frontline people and the people who are, whose family members are dying and people who are afraid, all of us who have our own fears about, about the virus, about being, um, being shut in or staying at home. But I'm, but what I like to share is what, is what I feel as 
is useful, what's been useful for me. And tonight, for example, the, in the guided meditation, I could tell from talking to, to many people about the increasing solitude and sometimes loneliness and sometimes uh, feeling of, of restlessness. I remember the line from the, uh, from the, I think it may have been from Suzuki Roshi who's, who said, uh, the way to control a cow is to give it a big pasture. And we don't have the big physical pasture, but we have the nature of our mind, which has vast, it has infinite space. And remembering that my mind is not something, it's not just this little, this little thing that's inside my head. There is not a mind in the head. That's a view. It's a very narrow view that makes us feel often confined, confined with our thoughts, confined with our feelings, confined with this or that. And it's really a matter of perception. And right now, to me, the, there is a palpable sense is that you are all in my mind right now. And I'm in your mind. And everything in your room is part of the nature of your own mind. And there is, there is space there. And it's really useful right now to move from that narrow vortex of things being very confined and narrow to that wider, more panoramic sense of uh, capacity that each of us has. And I notice when my mind unfurls a little bit, they use this expression in the Tibetan tradition, unfurl your mind like a victory banner. You know, just let it open. I notice that when I open my mind a little bit, take in the scent, open my senses, something in me relaxes, my body relaxes, literally the physical brain relaxes when there's more space. And I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't done anything other than remember that there's this capacity that I have to be awake and aware. I'm, I'm hearing the words of my teacher saying, stay where you are. That it's really in the, it's in the going. One of my friends, I love him to death, but he's, he, he's um, thinking about travel. And I have been too, you know, it comes to me, I want to, I want to travel, want to feel free to go. But I notice that that travel is a kind of restlessness of mind, that traveling, that planning, that associating my well-being with being able to cut loose. That is a, a, the engine of that is a kind of restlessness that if I could just feel it a little bit, make space for the restlessness, I don't have to go anywhere. Everything I need has been granted. You know, for years now, I've just been very much um, uh, inspired by this one sutra that, I, forgive me if you're around me a lot because I repeat it all the time, but it's, the, it's about Rohitasa, the, the Skywalker, the, this um, so-called celestial being who could, who could walk across the sky and, and cover from one horizon to the next in the time that somebody could shoot an arrow to a, to a target. And he, um, he had this bright idea that he wanted to go to, um, 
he wanted to go to the end of the world thinking that it was at the end of the world where he would stop suffering so much, stop getting feeling dissatisfied, and restless and agitated and wanting what he didn't have and not wanting what he did have and just giving, giving up all of the identity being somebody and the ever-changing vulnerability of our different identities. And he wanted to go to the end of the world. And, and he, he, so he just decided to walk, use his special power. And he walked for a hundred years and then he died trying. And then he was reborn according to the story. And he, at the time of the Buddha, and he went to see the Buddha and he said, Lord Buddha, I was Rohitasa the Skywalker and I was, uh, I tried to walk to the end of the world. Is it possible, he says, oh, he was reborn and came to the Buddha. He says, is it possible to walk to the end of the world? Where there's, this, where there's a cessation of all this meing and mying and everything's about me and dramas and this constant state of dissatisfaction. He says, is there an end? Can I walk there? Can you get there by going? And the Buddha said, no. But then in, the, in this song, I think I might even have it with me tonight. I'll see if I can find it. In this song, the, the Buddha says, you cannot reach the end of the world by going, but only those who reach the end of the world become liberated. Realize the stainless, the sky-like nature, so to speak. Only those who reach the end of the world. But then he said, it's within this fathom long body that we find the world. And it's within this, with its senses and its perceptions, this is where the world is, right here. And it's within this fathom long body with its uh, senses and perceptions that the world is caused, that the world that we keep spinning out in our minds, the world of future, the world of past, world of where I think I need to go to be happy. So this fathom long body lies, the world lies the cause of the world. It says also within this fathom long body with its senses and perception lies the end of the world. And within this fathom long body lies the path, a path leading to the end of the world. It's not about toppling forward, it's about settling back. Not about spinning in our little world, it's about unfurling our mind and being open. Some of this is happening naturally right now, this unfurling and this, and we, and someone was saying to me today actually that, and I took it as, a, as someone who is, has a very wide view. They're not treating this this uh, isolation or this shelter at home or the stay at home, not treating it as a, uh, as something personal, as personal. They're saying, we're doing this for each other. So that's that widening of our circle of caring and affection. And when I think of it, that I'm staying home for everyone else to protect everyone else, it's much easier, but when I get caught in what it means about me and my anxieties and my, my stir craziness, my restlessness, then it's much more burdensome. So we both widen our mind, we widen our view, 
That's a really essential thing to do right now. And to me, the heart of it is remembering that I have so much space. And to keep referring to that sky-like nature of the mind. But if a sky seems too, too invisible or too vast, think of it, I am, I'm a great ocean. I'm an unshakable mountain. I, have, I'm, I can accommodate everything. This way and that. The world, the winds blow. But I'm not shaken. That's the, the deep ocean. But what I'm also finding valuable is, and I, it, that little passage from, from the sutra, from the numbered sutras of the Buddha, the Rohit, the story about the Skywalker, what it points to about this fathom long body, what I'm finding so useful right now, and especially with with the sense that we have in our mind that, oh, how is this thing going to unfold? My, our lives have been turned upside down. It is so dramatic. I try to, I try to connect with that place that where, and this is not denial either. It's that moment of direct experience where nothing's happened where I'm not consulting my memory. I'm not involved in, I'm not so involved in what could be, what will be, what has been. I'm in touch with what's happening right now. So that's the general sense of immediacy. It's very simple. If I lose that, I've said this probably every week since we started this, if I lose that, my nervous system just gets really wound up. It got wound up just anticipating this evening, mm-hmm. let alone what's going to happen in the world. But when I remember, even that anticipation is just another changing condition. Oh, this is, this is what it feels like to have anticipatory concern about this strange medium that we're <laughs> meeting on. But in the instant of simplifying, because life really in the unfolding present is incredibly simple. It's only our mind's projections that make it so complicated. So if, I, if my tendency is to really spin out in, and be like Rohitasa, try to go, it's really essential that I don't just widen my mind, that I also narrow it to sound bites, to moments. There's just moments. Remember Nadine Stair, the one, the 85 year old woman who said, if I had my life to live again, I would, I would, uh, I would dance more. I would, I would, uh, I would have just moments as many as I can have moments. Moments are so workable. I can't take care of the moment that's passed, it's gone. I can't take care of the next one, it's unborn, but I can really take care of this one. So the narrowing from that mind bending, 
elaboration, what the Buddha called papancha, the proliferation, the elaboration that our mind does to simple, simple bites. It's a narrowing. And then the more specific kind of narrowing is to be, is to take time every day, do this like your hair's on fire, to in some ways the expression in our immediate practice like Bo does at the end of her day, it's having seclusion, being secluded in your body, secluded in your mind, literally letting yourself be enveloped in stillness and feel, receive the contours of your body and then check in, do a lot of weather reports. What's the state of my heart right now? Quickies are so good. No matter what you may be preoccupied with, check in, find that you have a body. Without this body, there's no sky-like nature. There's no, no life, no anything. So this, everything hovers around this, this precious humanity that we are. We just feel it for a moment. Find your body. And then, and then find what, what in ancient Judaism was really called the soul, which was not, not something that separated from the body or that was that was uh, that could go to heaven or hell. They, they, none of that was in early Judaism. What was there was breath. The breath was that that one received when they were born, and then it the breath went when they died. That breath, if we connect with our breath, we connect with with what lives inside of you, lives inside of me. There's something in it that's very calming. Check in with that place where you feel the anxiety, that pressure in your chest. Just make a little room for it. Give it a big pot, give it a little pasture. Our mental states, our moods and emotions love, love, love being seen. They do not like it when we try to get away from ourselves. Even though that's done out of love, out of caring, it just does the exact opposite of what, of what the intention is. What really settles us, heals us, what's corrective is just to turn toward it. The cure, as Rumi put it, the, the cure for pain is in the pain. And then taking that little moment where you may feel pain, of, oh, this is a moment of difficulty. We, we recognize it, we accept it, we use RAIN, that acronym, recognize it, accept it. I let myself experience its nature, which means I investigate it. I don't necessarily have to ask why it's there, just feel it. And then I, and then there's, when I see it's changing nature, I see that it's not myself. It's not, doesn't define me. It's not an identity. It's just a feeling. It's feeling itself. It's not myself. So there's a non-identification. There's an unsticking, not so bound up in it. 
So I find my body, find my breath, find my mood, spend a little time. Took a few minutes. You can do the 30 second version. So both widening and narrowing, and it reminds us of the different lenses that we have available to us. We can become really microscopic, detailed in our sensing of things. We can become luminous and clear, vast like the sky. All of it in service of making our only, the, our real-time experience. This is what I think about. I want, to, I want my real-time experience to be so compelling and interesting that I don't want to be somewhere else. So if I'm still wanting to be somewhere else, that means I haven't, as Fritz Perl says, boredom or whatever your reaction, it's from lack of attention. Come closer. Well, I'm just getting started. But I think I'll, I'll share the few things and then we'll call it a night. This is if your mind is jumping ahead to when you can have the pleasure, pleasures. As long as we believe that we need things or places or someone to make us happy, we shall also believe that in their absence, we must be miserable. Mind shapes itself according to its beliefs. This is Nisargadot, by the way. Pleasure in this way is a distraction for it merely increases the false conviction that one needs to have and do things to be happy. The Buddha called it misplaced faith, by the way. When in reality, it's just the opposite. Real happiness is best expressed negatively as there's nothing wrong with me. I have nothing to worry about. After all, the ultimate purpose of practice is to reach a point where this conviction, instead of being only verbal, is based on actual ever-present experience. Which experience? The experience of being open, empty, uncluttered by memories and expectations. It's like the happiness of open spaces of being young, of having all the time and energy for doing things, for discovering, for adventure. Your true home is in this openness, the emptiness of all content. True happiness has no cause, and what has no cause is immovable. May we all realize this natural happiness of being awake now with a wide view and a very intimate, caring view 
ourselves, each other. So it really matters what we do with our mind. Just like he said, it's based on beliefs. And as the poet Hafez says, you carry all the ingredients to turn your existence into a nightmare. Don't mix them. As you carry all the ingredients to turn your existence into joy, mix them, mix them. So just to give you a little bit of perspective, because we have the privilege of being able to be online and be, have teachings and practices and good company and, and just consider Nelson Mandela, who was in a confined space for 29 years. This is what he said. You may find that the cell is an ideal place to get to know yourself to search realistically and regularly the process of your own mind and feelings. In judging our progress as individuals, we tend to focus on external factors, such as one's social position, influence and popularity, wealth and standard of education. But internal factors may even be more crucial in assessing one's development as a human being. Honesty, sincerity, Simplicity, humility, purity, generosity, absence of vanity, readiness to serve your fellow beings, qualities within the reach of every being. They're the foundations of one's spiritual life. At least if for nothing else, the cell gives you the opportunity to look daily into your entire conduct. and to overcome the unwholesome and develop what is good in you. Regular meditation can be fruitful in this regard. You may find it difficult at first to pinpoint the negative factors in your life, but if you keep trying, it will reap rich rewards. Never forget that a saint is a sinner that keeps on trying. So this is really such a time to not just practice the Dharma, but realize the Dharma. Keep turning toward your experience. See how fast it changes. See how, just keep understanding that everything that is born dies. Clinging causes stress. Letting go brings freedom. Practice until you realize it. Don't just read about it. So that you really, so that we can really be a safe refuge for, for everyone in this world. It's not just, we're all Buddhas, we're just sleeping Buddhas. Let us all be awake. So last but not least, I, because I also, I like a, like a Zen teacher, I, I, I subscribe to this, um, his passage where he says, I vow to choose what's here and not, not look elsewhere for my sense of well-being. 
On the other hand, I think right now, if we can, just as a way of balancing our hearts, I think it's important to, to have joy, have delight, to not deny ourselves pleasure, to when pleasure comes to really um, feel the deliciousness of it. Our nervous system also needs us to, to have pleasure, not just to be a fierce yogi. Fierce yogi is one who laughs a lot and sings a lot and um, but stays here, stays here. So in that in that um, spirit, I thought we should have some entertainment tonight. Last week, Phil Mason so generously shared that exquisite Indian flute all the way from Canyon Lakes. Texas, in the heart of Texas. And Phil, if you're there, I hope you'll do it again some night. But tonight I have another treat for you. And this is, whoops. What you will be hearing right now is the Rotterdam Philharmonic Orchestra delivering Beethoven's Ode to Joy with 19 musicians playing their parts from their homes. And as you hear this music, let it uh, open your heart and let, the, let your heart sing and radiate wishes to all beings everywhere in all their circumstances, including yourself, with a deep wish that all beings can have happiness and peace and safety, safety within oneself, safety with others health and strength to the extent possible, given the inevitability of our, of our periodic difficulties. I deep wish that all beings can have ease of well-being and be happy and free and home. Uh, may all beings be liberated and let this uh, expression of liberation be the cause of your own. Here it comes.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.